Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the Paul Norton podcast. Now, today's episode I'm joined by the amazing Ashleen O'Keefe. Ashleen is a specialist in all things female hormones and she's massive into herbal medicine. Ashleen runs a business called AOK Nutrition and this was just an amazing chat. I've wanted to get Ashleen on for the last couple of months, but you know, she was so busy with what she does and the kind of work she does is mind-boggling and to have this chat with her talking about all things female hormones to herbal medicines to just topics that you don't hear people talk about much i'm very excited for you to listen to this podcast and as always please if you can share this in your stories tag your friends because the more people that can hear these podcasts and learn a little bit more it can impact a lot of lives Hope you enjoy. Thanks for coming on. Like this, it's amazing to have you on board. And um, but thank I, you so much for having me. Delighted all the way chatting to you from Australia. I'm in, I'm in Ireland. <laughs> long, long way away. But I suppose yeah. um, rather than me um, introducing yourself, it'd be great if you could introduce yourself and like who you are and what you do. Yeah. So my name is Ashling O'Kelly. Well, actually, I keep saying that my name's actually Ashling Fox now. I got married a couple of weeks ago. I'm still getting used to it. Um, but my business is called AOK Nutrition. And what I do in the clinic is it's a real kind of holistic approach to healing. We use things like supplements. We obviously use nutrition. We use herbal medicine. We use probiotics. We use stress management tips. And our main goal in the clinic is always to try to get the root of people's problems. Um, I've been in business about, God, I keep saying seven years because I think this year is only started. It's actually probably nearly eight years now. Um, and in the last couple of years, if you follow my page and if you look at my Instagram, it's very much focused on female hormones. And I guess I just kind of fell into it like over the last couple of years because it's such a huge area that needs attention and people need advice on. So that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> that's so true. I think like we could just when you say holistic approach, like what do you mean by holistic approach? If some people don't know what it means. Yeah. So like we look at the whole body, like if you go into your GP and you're suffering with bloating, they'll give you something for the bloating. But Mm -hmm. for us, though, it's saying, okay, you're bloated. Is that because you're stressed? Is that because of food intolerance? Is that because poor gut health, like you don't have enough digestive enzymes? Is that due to the contraceptive pill that you're on? Um, And we look at every single aspect that affects your body. And then other things as well, like people don't realize or people don't stop to think that like your body is connected. So let's say that same person is also getting really anxious during the day with the bloating you know we would try to help them understand that like you know stress anxiety is a symptom of like IBS and digestive issues so it's kind of just looking at the whole person not kind of just looking at symptoms as individual you kind of look at you know they treat the whole person not the symptoms I suppose what does what is food so if we look at like nutrition how is like how is that connected to nutrition like what you do and stuff like anxiety and all that kind of stuff go ahead Oh my God, a huge amount. I mean, you know, you don't have to be a nutritionist to understand the impact that food has on your body. Like if you have a weekend of eating crap and drinking and being hung over on a Sunday and getting a chipper and waking up on the Monday, everyone feels rubbish on the Monday, you know, that way. And I think anyone out there, especially if they're kind of following your page as well, maybe into health and fitness and everyone has tried, even if it was just a diet for six weeks, people did it and they said, oh my God, I felt amazing. Now it might not have been sustainable for them at the time, but I think everyone has gotten that taste of, well, nutrition actually does make a difference. And of course it does. Like our body is made of vitamins and minerals. That's what we are. So we have to get that from somewhere because there's certain ones that we can't make ourselves. So where else, like where else are you meant to get them? And, and we get them from our food. Um, so that's what I would look at, like, you know, for anxiety, for example, anxiety often depletes your B vitamins. So, you know, having things like your fruit and your veg and your whole grains, will help those symptoms without people even realizing this. So that's what I kind of try and educate people as well. They understand why they're eating certain foods instead of me just telling them to do it. I think that's really important. Yeah, that's so good. I, th- I have the same view as that when I tell people, like I tell my clients, even on my Instagram, that like your body's like a car. Like if you put like, you know, petrol in these, the car is going to split. Or if you put, if you don't serve with your car and go put good oil in your car, it's not going to run right. So I just think like, even like nowadays, there's, it sounds really simple. I just feel like that there's probably 
when I was in school, there was no education around like any of that stuff, like for nutrition, it was just nothing. And like, I remember like us going, you know, in the cafeteria back home, like, and you know, you're getting chips and you're getting sausages and batter sausages, like for fuel. And then you're expected then to try study for the rest of the day when you have them foods. And it's only like now that I do what I do that I'm, I understand like that, you know, food is fuel. And like the better, the better you food is in your body, the more your body's going to run right, isn't it? crazy yeah 100% I always say there's there's food that's good for the body and then there's food that's good for the soul <laughs> so your food that's good for the body is what we know your fruit your veg your omega-3s like all those kind of the healthy food that maybe isn't as sexy and as tasty as the, the food that's good for your soul but I mean like when I have my clients I'm like have your wine on Saturday get your takeaway on Friday enjoy your coffee in the morning have your cup of tea and a biscuit after your dinner like you know it's it's I think our generation as well we kind of put labels on food it's real like good and bad which I absolutely yeah. I'm sure you see that with clients all the time so that's another thing I try and teach clients is it's like you can you're, you should be having the kind of the, the soul food as well as kind of the, the one for your body it's a combination of both where some people kind of just fall into the category of like all or nothing approach which is detrimental in itself as well oh yeah it's so true one, one thing i've noticed that even like one thing i know is my clients i could have like five actually last week is good example, i had five clients and there's five of them all sick and there was three of them that were kind of really sick and there was two of them that you know were, were pretty good and the three people that were really sick were you know they're a little bit overweight but that doesn't make any difference but their their diet isn't really good like they're just they won't have any greens they won't have any like proper foods they're really big on processed food and just eating all the the, the not so good like soul foods i say the other two then clients who are pretty good or they're, they're, they're getting lots of fruit and veg or active they were fine like hunky-dory so there's such a big link i can like a lot of people will when like my dad's a good example my dad is such a good example like he, he's 50 maybe 58 he's kind of overweight never in the gym before his food is absolutely shocking and every day he complains about his health he, he's in the doctor like probably every two weeks he's been in the hospital recently for his liver and it's all down to his diets there's no like there's no way around it so i guess like a lot of people don't understand that sometimes eating like greens and, and stuff isn't sexy and it can be boring but like if you look and that's what keeps your body like healthy and i am a big believer that if you like if you have all the right foods in your body the greens the vegetables like soul food you're active like your body has the best defense system once you can like keep it in track isn't it keep it in order yeah 100 and this is a topic that's kind of um it gets my nerves a little bit at the moment because we're two years now into the c word mm. <laughs> the covid pandemic and like it, the money that's been spent on marketing for vaccines, which I'm all for, like I'm not anti-vax mm. in any way, shape or form, but I'm like, imagine even using 5% of that budget to market healthy eating and oh, yeah. support immune system. Like you're, that is your first line of defense is your actual own body's innate immune system. And imagine even having a really good immune system plus the vaccine. Like surely that is the, the you know what I mean? The best reason. So it's it is frustrating, but there's no there's more money in sick people than there is as well. People, you need to remember that as well. And that's a real controversial thing to say. No, it is. But yeah. so from from that perspective, I I struggled with this for so long when I was studying nutrition. I was like, how does everyone not know this? Why is why are people not shouting this from the rooftops? Why are we not told this? Like, get letters in our door the way you're getting like you know, I don't know the the local newspaper. You know this kind of stuff. It's like it's it's just not known and. You know, there's so much money in processed foods and things like that as well. Oh, so it's yeah. just, hopefully people listen to people like us and they'll just even take a little snippet of a few things that we say and, and can implement it into their life, you know, to make you'd it hope, healthier. You hope so, yeah. Like I'm not, again, the very same as you, I'm not anti-vax, not anti-medication, like, but like I try myself like to read, to, if I can, like go down like the most natural route. Like I try not to take any painkillers. I try not to take any like flu tablets. I try my best to, because if you can get the right foods, right vitamins, like, because you take like you know um flu tablets or all that stuff they're just vitamins that you get from like you know general food so if you can get that from food instead you're far more beneficial but i just think like it's you know as you said there's so much money made off like you know uni flu and all this kind of stuff and like all they you know that the quick fix paracetamol stuff but if you have your your healthy nutrition if you're meditation doing all that healthy stuff like that's far more spirit than, than going for a quick fix very same with quick diets that's why there's so much yeah. money in quick fix bad diets. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we always say prevention's better than cure. That's true, yeah. I suppose in from all that then, how does that deal with you with hormones? So when you look at hormones, what's the biggest thing you deal with hormones of females? 
Oh my God, the list of length of my arms. So we would see anything from women with irregular periods, um, heavy periods, PMT, like so from like a lot of symptoms around their, their cycles. Um, we deal with like fertility issues, how people get pregnant. Then I see things like PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. I deal with clients with hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is like loss of period due to like low body weight. It's kind of quite linked to it, like overexercise, undereating, that kind of thing. We see clients for endometriosis. So like anything, we do a lot of hormonal acne as well. So, I mean, it's hugely broad and we see men as well. It's funny that like my clients always just think it's women. I don't really talk about it as much, but like from a fertility perspective, herbal medicine is amazing for things like poor sperm quality. So, you know, we've had women come to us for fertility and they're perfect. And the, the women's women always put so much pressure on themselves, but mm. like it's literally 50-50 when you're getting pregnant. Like the lad is doing half the work, do you know that way? And here's True. the woman like doing this, like who knows what they're doing, mad stuff to make sure they're really healthy. And the lads are in the pub five days a week, <laughs> do you know? So we do see men then as well for that, like herbs are brilliant for that. So it's really broad. And I think every single person like, you know, has their own, their own issue like even I still have clients who are on contraceptives and they want to come off it or they're on it because they had like bad periods in the past and they're terrified to come off it and, and things like that so it's it's hugely broad and yeah that's that's like my, my day-to-day basically. <laughs> the pill is probably quite a kind of verse one and again I was talking to someone recently um, and they were just kind of saying that you know just say whenever the pill was like 40 50 years ago like whenever when any young girl had any kind of issue whether it's acne or skin issues or you know anxiety they were given the pill and then like 50 years later like there's never been such a high rate of like you know female hormone issues and pcos like would you say would you think like that there's a correlation of like from that to now like you know being given the pill shutting off all your natural hormones to what we're kind of seeing now because even like my client i'm seeing so much people with like pcos and so much hormonal like issues do you reckon for me, like, I probably think that maybe there could be a link from shutting off hormones. What would be your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, definitely a link. It's not so much the pill causes these problems, but the problem is you go into the doctor and you're 15, you have irregular periods, right? And the doctor goes, oh, I'll put you on the pill, that'll fix it. And I remember when I was younger, I was never, it was never explained to me. I went on the pill, I think, contraceptive when I was younger. And like, I wasn't told like this isn't a real period this is like I, just, I didn't know how it worked I just was like oh this is great so I'm on the pill brilliant I never like and maybe even people listening don't realize but the way the pill works is it completely switches off your hormones so you no longer make your female hormones and it's they don't they're not just there for ovulation that you don't just have hormones so you get a period your hormones are there for things like your energy and your mood and your sex drive and anti-anxiety natural painkillers help with your skin health help with your bone health like it's a huge massive part of being a female and the pill does switch that off so I think that's quite important to understand but come back to your question though so imagine you go in you're 15 you have a regular period you get put in the pill and I'm doing inverted commas here at my hands to regulate your cycle and these women then think oh I'm getting a bleed every single month the bleed that you see again it's not a real period it's just side effect of stopping the pill for a couple of days and your body will induce this fake bleed that's what it is so these women I've so many clients they think they were they were like yeah I, I actually had a regular periods but the pill fixed it but the problem is they're coming off the pill then when they're 29 30 they want to start a family and their issue when they're 15 of having a regular period was never addressed so mm-hmm. that's why you're seeing such a massive influx now of people kind of my age like I'm 31 now um, because it just we we're the generation that's been on the pill for 10 15 years it's not so much our mom like we're kind of this weird I call us like the guinea pig generation because you know even like my mom is 60 like it was hush hush you couldn't even talk about sex back then like the Catholic mm. church was roaming around <laughs> <laughs> listening and conversations let alone contraceptives so it's real our generation is quite the guinea pig generation and there's there's a, like a category that these poor women fall into as well because some girls went on the pill at 18 for a contraceptive they came off at a 28 and they got pregnant straight away or their periods were no issue because they never had any issues to begin with mm. but it's the people who've been given the pill as a treatment hormonal acne is a massive one there as well like you know people go oh I used to have acne but the pill fixed it and I'm literally cringing when I hear that I'm like oh my god they're gonna have to deal with that most of the time anyway when they come off the pill again so it's just you know the way it's given doctors should sit people down and go do you understand how this works number one it's going to switch off your mm. hormones here's the potential side effects and number two it could be possible that you need to address this issue then in whenever you decide to come off the pill and you know repeat after me do you understand what i've just told you that kind of thing that isn't told to, to women especially when we're so young um so yeah does that answer the question sorry about a bit of a, a ramble oh, it there, does. 
Yeah, but it, yeah. it's so true because like I, I, I speak to females, like I only work with females and speak to them every day. And a lot of like females that I'd have, like I'd always say, you know, go follow this page or maybe go read the book with Laura Bryden and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I, I'll never say to my used to this, I always say you should read this and go here and find it that. And then they could make their own judgment up. But every client I've worked there, like the ones that come off the pill, like after, you know, four or five months, they're just a different person. Like they're, they just feel clear because they're in control. So I suppose like, What's the importance of having them hormones, especially estrogen? Like, what's the benefits of having them compared to shutting them off? Oh, like just what you said there, like they've been in control and feeling completely different. I've hundreds of messages from women. If I went into my DMs now, being like, "Thank you so much for encouraging me to come off the pill." Like I did a seminar this year and last year called "Breaking Up with Birth Control." So two hours, literally sit people down on Zoom, lovely little kind of girly evening, chatting through like what you need to do, what you need to expect, supplements you need to take, just because I was seeing that over and over and over again. So I was like, right, I'm going to create this seminar. But again, like the main thing I hear people say is I feel like a fog has been lifted because it's like as if when you're on the pill, you have a steady, steady dose of the same artificial synthetic steroid drugs. That's what they are every single day. So you're just like flatlined, I kind of say. So in relation to even sex drive, this is something that is a huge issue with girls in their 20s, no sex drive. And I don't know if they're saying this to you as much as they kind of say it to me, you know, mm. with their PT being like, yeah, my libido is gone. But like, you know, our, the start of your cycle, so even for people who don't realize, let's say for argument's sake, you have a 28-day cycle, okay? The first two weeks of that cycle is your hormone called estrogen that kicks in first. And I would say like your Eastern is your real like get up and go hormones. So it's like your mood, your motivation, your drive, your energy, your sex drive. And even sex drive, I would say it's kind of your zest for life. It's not even like jumping on top of your other half. Like it's just your, your passion. That's like your drive. If you're in the gym, you'll find you're even stronger around ovulation and that kind of first half of your cycle. So imagine again, let's go back to on the pill. You get none of that. You just have this flat line the whole time. So even from a libido perspective, like the only thing you have if you're on the pill is your own kind of motivation. You don't have these extra hormones giving you that extra kick, you know, that way. And mm. girls come to me and they're 27, like, oh, no libido. And I'm like, you started having sex and went on the pill and you completely switched off your sex hormones. So what do you expect? You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of an interesting one. And um, then go back to your hormones for sex. So first two weeks I said is, estrogen get up and go feeling fabulous then you ovulate okay where the egg gets released from your ovaries and then once you ovulate you make a hormone called progesterone and progesterone is a really calming hormone so it's really good for mood really good for anxiety it's a natural painkiller um and this is another thing that women on the pill lack so if you're someone i see anxiety and the contraceptive pill very much linked in together because at least in the second half of your cycle for women not on the pill you do get that kind of natural relaxing hormone where women on the pill never get that they never get that natural tranquilizer so it's like your body's always just again just flatlining you're just the same the whole time so i think it's so important to understand like and i know it sounds really dramatic but girls who are on the pill make the same hormones as like their grannies do mm. who were in their 80s is that's not right like that's not okay to put a 15 year old in a chemically induced menopause that's what i would call it like it's you know that way it's it's mad that that's the first protocol that that we do so again some people again i know i don't want to always fear monger people or kind of make sense dramatic or you know this kind of thing but some people get on the pill and they're absolutely fine they never notice any di- any difference but if you're someone listening it's been like oh my god that actually does sound like me i never realized i wasn't getting a real period my mood actually hasn't been great and actually my sex drive is non-existent and like i definitely don't feel as happy as i did like definitely look at your contraceptive just education like it's it just it's just education around females it's just it's why i love what i do because i just think that there needs to be more people like you know ha- you know pushing the message forward because when we look at like for me like you know i help females generally li- like lose weight lose fat but just gain confidence understand their body more but when we look at like a lot of the fitness industry when the males and females are kind of treated the exact same and to me, like I, that's wrong because as I said before, the call like that, if you give a male or female, you know, just say calories, the males, all the male has to do is like just stick his calories the exact same week in, week out, go gym, lift weights, and he's fine. But for a female, like for you have to like if you have to change your calories, because you know, like on your luteal phase, your metabolic rate rises, your glucose levels drop, and you have to be able to adapt to that. And it comes back down even like when a female is like breastfeeding, like you know, when a female I've got a client at the moment who's just given birth. 
And like she knows from me like that, when you're breastfeeding, your body probably needs maybe three to 500 calories more to produce breast milk. But like she never got told that from her doctors whatsoever. You know, and, and I feel that there's a massive link between when females, like when they give birth, like when they're so sluggish, so tired, like everything is just a massive fog. It's because like they're under and um, nourished. They're not getting enough nutrients for what they need. And again, there's there's no one like out there trying to push this for. I think it's it's crazy. It just baffles me, to be fair. No, yeah, I think you being Australia, Australia is miles ahead of Ireland, definitely. So hopefully in years to come, we'll be somewhere we were. Like when I was training, I had a nutritionist who's from Australia and she used to work in a GP's clinic. And um, what would happen is they go into the GP, you get your prescription of whatever medication they're putting you on. Let's say it was a pill, for example. And then you go into the nutritionist and they say, okay, now that you're on this pill, you need to make sure you're eating these foods and take these supplements because the pill is going to reduce, you know, these, to, you know, this kind of thing. I'm like, that makes so much sense. Like, surely that is just the most, you know, <laughs> or even things like cholesterol. Like I have my dad on certain medication because he's on cholesterol. And um, this nutritionist that my, when I trained years ago, told me about, um, which is coenzyme Q10, just for anyone listening. So if you have any parents on cholesterol, on statins, they need to be on coenzyme Q10. Um, but like, you know, and it's an energy carrier. So you'll find a lot of your parents, if you're listening to this, like they're always really tired. They're sluggish. They're not moved for exercise and stuff like that. And it's because this energy carrier is blocked. But I'm like, again, like that makes so much sense. Half Ireland's on statins. Like tell them, you know, you're on your drug. Take this supplement to go along with it. It's just, it's so frustrating that it's just, it's 2021. How is this not more integ- integrated medicine is what we need. It's still us and them. But like, I'm screaming at me. I'm like, I'll, I want to, like, I respect doctors i respect the medical industry so much like it's like i'm not against medicine i'm like let's work together to help people mm. that's what you know we're both in the same industry because we want to help people it's just that we need to use each other better i think 100 percent. like i find that as well like i've got two clients here in sydney running like 17 and they're already in like great you know they're already in great shape everything's good but just want to learn more whereas back home in ireland like when we were 17 we were probably you know getting hammered somewhere like so i think like back home social life and stuff comes first and i think yeah. like health and fitness comes like it's it goes down the list whereas over here like just say australia new zealand like their their fitness is always number one and socializing comes number two whereas back home like we socialize number one and then like when i was 17 like i had no interest in health and fitness but it was right down the very bottom and you know maybe you were the same maybe not but I just feel that's probably a common trend it's probably getting better now but I still think like that socializing is up there. Number one and our health and fitness is kind of, it's, it's, you know, it's fairly down the bottom yeah. of the list. Yeah. Defo. Yeah. I agree. We just don't value enough to be fair. Sesh. We love the sesh too much in Ireland. <laughs> That's true, isn't it? I think it is getting, yeah. it is getting a bit better. Like, because I've got a lot of Irish clients who are in like over here, but yeah, the biggest thing for me is like, just like female health and like female hormones. What do you think needs to, what do you think needs to be like done more of like, like to try promote like, you know, female health and that kind of stuff, would you say? I think they need to be education in the schools. Like I'd love to, I have like a list of things that length of my arm. I'm like, I want to do this, I want to do that, you know, but I'd love to recreate like a school program or school seminars that younger, like if you knew how your hormones work when you're 15, like it's not that hard. What I just explained there, your estrogen, your progesterone, mm-hmm. right? So that makes sense so at least even like you're 17 your hormones are out of place you're crying because your mom told you like your dinner's in 10 minutes don't eat that chocolate biscuit and you're up in the room bawling crying right if you understood oh my god i'm getting my period tomorrow this is what i mean absolutely psychopathic like <laughs> that would make it make it so much easier but instead like i remember being in biology and you're just learning when the ovum comes down the fallopian tube and it's so <laughs> it's so irrelevant it's just so far from actually what's going on where you know they could be like girls, this is actually, you know, do you know when you get your period and you feel X, Y, Z? And you'd be like, yeah, because you're all, it's all the same. So I think, you know, educate people from when they're younger. And like my big thing when I see clients out there is just teach them even like food, certain ways to support your hormones, which we can go through as well if you want today. And um, they keep it up long-term. It's not that hard. It's just that you have to understand it. So I think it's just like that, get into girls when they're much younger so they can take it with them then through the rest of their life like you know that way so it's just lack of education from the young age i think because that's the like that's the baseline like for for a female like for me any like my client like that's the baseline there's no point in me like trying to help my clients you know lose fat lose weight you know get in shape if they don't understand their cycle and like especially the, the good funny story is like a lot of my clients i'll take on like i'll always look back at their health forms and like I always list out all their injuries. And most of my clients who have injuries, they all seem to come like on the luteal phase. 
And like, you'll know, like any luteal phase, sometimes your tendons and bones get a little bit softer. So like most of my clients come to me when they've had injuries in the gym or whether it be a home or lifting boxes, it's all tend to come from like on the week before their cycle because they were never taught that, you know, on the week before your cycle, you kind of maybe don't be trying to do PBs or try to push your body to the max, try, you know, calm down a small bit. And it's just, it's crazy. Like when we talk to them, like how it all links together. And now my clients are, now that they're aware of their own cycle, that they're able to train the hardest, you know, when they feel like when, when they come to the week before the cycle issue, they're able to kind of relax. And they're like, since my clients join me, they've had no really injuries because they understand like different parts of their cycle. Because it for a male, like we'll never understand like, you know, what changes here and there. But as far as from a female's point of view, like what does it feel like when you're like in your, let's say, follicular phase going to your luteal phase in terms of like strength and stress and all that and cravings and stuff? Um you're on another level like when you're ovulating you and this thing most people do oh, you have to you have your hormones balanced so if you're struggling with pms and heavy periods and no sex drive off the pill that is a hormonal imbalance like you can have too much estrogen as well so estrogen is that real get up and go hormone we do get too much sometimes from things like you know poor digestion if you're not basically pooing it out properly you get it from your environment you get it from certain foods so that's what i kind of do with clients and um, which we talk about in a few minutes but if you're someone whose hormones are balanced, you feel really good around ovulation. Like your mood is better, your energy, but you even think you look better. Like there's mm. days I'm like, oh, my hair is great today. Like you feel sexier, you feel just even. And again, sexier is not even just like, you know, look, it's it's the the drive. It's the, it's just kind of that, like, you know, go through, you're ticking off all your boxes, this kind of thing. So it's that kind of, and even in the gym, like I notice so much in the lifting weights, like I'll always get um, like my PBs around um, when I'm ovulating. And then it's frustrating because like, in your two phase where you get a period I'm so weak and I'm like oh for God's sake <laughs> but it's just because your body is like your two the way I describe it to clients in a real kind of basic way right imagine your eastern phase is you going out on a Friday night and you want to stay until Tuesday like you're out a whole weekend dancing on tables socializing chatting to everyone whereas your progesterone phase is staying in on your own with your pajamas with a bottle of wine waving everyone off on a Friday night being like I'm so happy to not be going anywhere so your projection's kind of inward so you're kind of meant to kind of take it easy in that second half of your cycle don't do the hit workouts as much don't you know try and lift as much heavy weights say no to things you don't want to do because what PMS is so coming up to your period premenstrual syndrome right so again from a lad's perspective it's everything from your sore boobs your cramps to your headaches the water retention sugar cravings all these things women have to put up with but the reason you have those things is because your progesterone is low, okay? And the reason progesterone is usually low is from stress. So that's why it's important for women as well, like that second half of your cycle, just to be careful of overdoing it and that uh, you're not using up your progesterone and kind of causing yourself more, more PMS, which is what I explain a lot to my clients then as well. So yeah, it's funny that a lot of them never understand, but you do, you feel you're great. Women's are like super women. You really are <laughs> like 100%. superheroes. hundred percent. Because I was with PMS yeah, yeah. and like, what's uh, what do you recommend for um, PMS? Generally? Like what, what do you recommend as good tips to try ease PMS? Cause I know like every female is going to be different. Like, I've got, I've got one female uh, and Sandra, and like I got her eating oranges and I got her eating kiwi foods for her into bed and oranges in the morning. And like that really like made a difference for her PMS, like it really reduced it. So what would be what would be your tips like for PMS in general to kind of try and make it less severe? So first of all, you have to understand why you have it. So I said there, progesterone is low. So progesterone, you know, it's dropping too soon. Even like spotting before you get your period is low progesterone as well. So first reason progesterone can be low is from stress. So look at your stress. Are you doing too much hit workouts? Is your job really stressful? Are you not getting enough sleep? Are your blood sugars all over the place? Like if you're getting hangry three times a day, you're triggering stress three times a day, basically. Mm -hmm. um, are you drinking five cups of coffee a day and, you know, having too much cortisol being triggered from that? So you look at all the basics first and then I would use certain supplements. So B vitamins are amazing, like a B complex there for stress. Your magnesium is literally like the holy grail for PMS like 400 milligrams of magnesium every day would be amazing. Um, we use herbal medicine. So I'm actually training, I didn't say this at the start, but I'm actually training to be a herbalist at the moment. Like I've done nearly eight years in my nutrition clinic. And what I've come to learn is nutrition is not enough on its own. Like my chronic clients who are so unwell, who, who for hormones, for fertility, you need herbs and herbs mm. are just on another level. So a lot going on for me at the moment. Like I'm like, I'm almost regretting me. Like, why did I sign up for this? Like, it's a lot of work, but I think it'll be worth it now in the end. But we do use a lot of herbal medicine. You've probably heard of like ashwagandha for um, hormones yeah. before. 
or um, Vitex, like Chaseberry or Agnes Cast. It's just kind of three different words for that. So that's good for um, th- is that good for um, underactive thyroid? Um, Vitex, the, the cha- yeah, or Ashwagandha is really good for Ashwagandha is the one for underactive thyroid. And the then Vitex, PR Vitex, P-S-S. yeah, Vitex is really good for increasing your progesterone so literally like protects your brain almost from stress and kind of helps increase your progesterone so that's the first thing you look at when you're looking at progesterone why is it low okay am i stressed if the answer is yes what can i fix it and then maybe adding in some supplements another reason why progesterone is low is that your estrogen is too high so you're meant to be able to balance these things these two hormones out so excess estrogen looks like heavy periods clotting in your periods really sore boobs going up two dress size before you get up here, like a lot of water retention and swelling, things like fibroids, like all those kind of like, I would say Eastern makes things grow. So just feeling heavy and sluggish around your period, constipation, that can be too much estrogen. And sometimes you have to do both. Sometimes you have to help manage your stress while addressing why is my estrogen high, okay? So basically just make it real simple. The main things that puts up estrogen, so like I said, estrogen is made by the body, but then you can get it from things like your environment. So plastic is so detrimental for our hormones and um, cosmetics. So things like with a lot of chemicals in it, um, like fragrances, smells like as women, we literally bombard our bodies with these chemicals. OK, and then you're looking at diet. So if you're eating meat with hormones in it, well, that hormone is like a synthetic estrogen. Like so that's going to come into your system. Some of my clients, not everyone, but cow's milk dairy can often cause increased estrogen as well for clients like PCOS. I would see a link between that um, and then constipation or poor gut health. If you're only going to the toilet once every two or three days, your estrogen is only being eliminated once every two or three days. So having a healthy digestive system is literally it's the most important thing for happy hormones anyone that i see we look at gut health first regardless if you're coming for heavy periods or acne or i don't know like loss of cycle like it's always gut health first and so i'm sure there's people listening who you know we love our glam loads of fake tan loads of perfume drinking from a plastic bottle every day reheating their plastic in or plastic tupperware in the microwave and then they are having whey protein twice a day greek yogurt they're having chocolate and cheese then they're having you know cheap bits of chicken they're having you know two chicken fillets a day and they're stressed a bit and they're not sleeping and they're having three cups of coffee and and their hormones are all over the place but it's very simple now to understand why that's gone so wrong does that make sense yeah 100 percent. yeah i think like that's the big one dairy dairy same as me the more i'm kind of looking into stuff for my clients dairy seems to be it triggers a lot of people like is that because of the hormones in the milk or what would that be from like why is dairy cultures of such an effect in like hormones and around your period and stuff there is a protein in milk the casein in the milk and the research is oh my god i just find it so fascinating on this so Cows in Ireland, I think Australia is in this category as well. So it's Australia, Ireland, the UK, and I think it's North America. Our cows make A1 casein protein, okay? And A1 casein protein can be quite inflammatory for certain people. It's kind of like a genetic kind of thing. So what A1 casein protein looks like um, is, I was calling them like snotty kids. So when you're younger, runny noses, chest infections, tonsils, ear infections, you're going to have things like psoriasis, eczema, hay fever, sinusitis, and then period issues like heavy periods and acne. And you'll always see this running family. So like someone's listening, I'm like, oh, I could die of hay fever. Like I bet your Aunt Mary also has really bad asthma and hay fever and your mom has really bad periods. And it's like a genetic thing where you just can't break down this protein property. Um, whereas you can go on to something like sheep's milk, sheep's milk. So I said the cow's milk is A1, sheep's milk, goat's milk, milk in places like Portugal and Germany and you know, Spain, their milk is also A2 protein. So it acts completely different in the body. So it's the A1 that's inflammatory, A2 is fine. So my clients, I just even get them to go on to feta cheese and sheep's milk yogurts and goat's milk yogurts, move away from the cow's milk. But it's not we're going vegan, we're just getting different types of, of dairy into their diet. And it's fascinating. Oh my God. I'm sure people even listening have been on holidays and they're like, my hay fever is gone on holidays or my, my eczema completely clears up or, you know, my acne goes away. Their diet hasn't changed, but they're drinking Portugal milk instead of Irish milk, you know? So that's the link between that. But it's kind of, you don't want to, I see some people like dairy gets the blame and then for a lot of the time, like dairy is not all bad. It's just, you need to be aware of um that kind of ask people about their family history and does the same like you and this kind of thing. And um, lastly, I'll say about milk, there's also lactose in milk. So lactose is a sugar. 
and lactose is kind of more the one that's linked with digestive issues. So that can be, and a lot of people can't really digest lactose. That can be a problem in itself because, you know, whey protein and all the yogurts and everything, they could be really constipated from the lactose and that's going to cause heavy periods anyway because they're not getting rid of their estrogen property, you know? So you'd look at it from both sides, make sure that it's the lactose and the casein that you're looking at. Yeah, that, that's really good as well because that's, again, I think a lot of females don't understand that, like, to get rid of them, if you're bloating really bad, sometimes it's because your estrogen is not getting out of your body. The only way to get out of your body is by, you know, excreting it. And again, I think like for a lot of people like their fiber is quite low as well. Like there's so much people I come across, their fiber is so low, protein is so low, especially but back home in Ireland, very we're very like carb heavy con- like country. Carbs aren't bad, but like when I get people to have like, you know, more fiber, more protein, like their hair gets better, their skin improves, their nails grow faster, they're, they're not as bloated because I think back home, like we're just so used to, when I go out to Granny's house, it's like 15 spuds, a can of mushy peas and like a bit of frozen fish from Tesco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this year thing as well, saying about fiber. So there's a group of foods that are called phytoestrogens. And the phytoestrogens, I always say, think of them like the sponges that mop up your hormones. And these are foods like um, your flax seeds, your oats are great in there. But then things like chickpeas and lentils and, you know, your falafels and kidney beans and I laugh when I tell people this because people in Ireland are literally looking at me like, oh God, no, couldn't be eating those. Like, you know, Irish mommy dinners not consist of hummus and chickpeas and falafels. <laughs> so it's so foreign for us. Like it's really hard for people to wrap their head around that. Now, I think our generation are a little bit better, like a little bit more open to it. But, you know, even people in their 30s and 40s are like, oh God, I've never really had that. Like, you know, it's it's a real generational thing. So that is so important because I'm like, you know, if you're not eating these phytoestrogens, maybe you have, I don't know, porridge once a week like I'm like it's like your your bath is completely overflowed the whole you know bathroom is flooded and you're there with little face cloth trying to mop it up right that's the analogy I give to clients whereas if you have save all these extra hormones coming from the dairy and from everything else you need to be having those phytoestrogens you need those big massive bath towels to come in and mop up those hormones to make sure that you're able to get rid of them properly and the last little thing there is that I kind of the little um tip I give to clients is your green vegetables so your kale, your broccoli, your Brussels sprouts, your cabbage, your pak choy, all these leafy greens, I call them the bus that collects your hormones, okay? So if you haven't had broccoli since Sunday, and today is Friday, your bus hasn't come since Sunday. How can your body get rid of hormones when your bus hasn't come? The sponges are sitting there waiting at the bus stop. They want to be removed, right? You've eaten your hummus. So that's a huge problem as well. We're not getting enough greens. And people go, oh, yeah, I have broccoli, you know, my Sunday roast kind of thing. So that's the last little step of how to balance your hormones is get your green veg in. I'm always like, we've been told since we're little kids sitting at the dinner table to eat our greens. We just didn't know why. And this is basically why it helps with your hormones. I understand. I think a lot of people get so like, they feel as boring. But I think for me, unfortunately, sometimes like consistently is what being boring is. So like a lot of people, I've got some clients who like might complain because they might say asher i'm sick of eating greens but i just and they're from back home but some people don't really realize that you know you have to be doing them things consistently like if you want your body to run like in the best way possible like being consistent doing them things like is going to help isn't it? it's not you can't just like pick and choose to have vegetables like every couple of days because it's boring you have to kind of do it consistently yeah. a lot and once you can understand like that your body uses food for fuel just different isn't yeah. it yeah. And even with your periods, I say to clients, your period is your monthly report card. It tells you how good or how bad you've been that, that month. So you could have been fabulous taking your supplements, eating loads of green veg. You get your period and go, Jesus, I didn't even realize I got my period today. That's mad. But then the next month you're up the walls at work. You haven't had your green smoothies. You forgot to take your supplements. Your period might not be great that month. And it's like, you have to be consistent. And there's always going to be times where, especially as females, like your body's up and down, but at least you can recognize that and go, okay, well, to be honest, I actually, you know, I didn't actually do this, this and this and can kind of understand, well, this is why my period. So, so much cramps this month, or this is why my boobs are sore, whatever it is. So yeah, you have to be consistent, but this is what we're going back to at the start get rid of that all or nothing approach. Like if someone's saying I'm sick eating green vegetables, well, how often are they eating them? Like are they eating mm-hmm. them at every meal three times a day? Like I get sick of green vegetables. So it's just about, you know, maybe on a Friday, have your wine and take away. Don't eat any greens on a Friday. Get up on Saturday morning and have a green smoothie and, you know, have your, it's, it's just find that balance. Me and my mom, even when I was younger, my mom always used to talk about a seesaw. And she was like, okay, like you're going for a sleepover tonight. There's going to be loads of junk. You have to have some fruit to put on the other end of the seesaw first. And like, as a child, I'm like, that made so much sense. Cause I was like, okay, so the junk food's gone on one side, 
the fruit goes on one side, the other side and you balance it out and that's how we were brought up like now I remember going mad with the kids and we'd have brock or pizza and chips on a Friday with a side of broccoli and I'd be like we're the only kids in Ireland that have to eat broccoli <laughs> like traumatized but now I can appreciate what she was trying to do there you know that I mean she's educated so much and I've been brought up with such a balanced diet like even as a nutritionist I'm so like I love my soul foods and I love eating healthy and it's like I can I'm able to balance both things together and think that's what you try and educate people it's not all or nothing and even some nutritionists I find are actually quite the the only the real clean eating approach like they learn so much and they kind of go completely off there's no gluten there's no saturated fat there's no meat at all there's no caffeine there's no sugar like and I was like there's no fun (laughs) that's what I would say you know so it's just yeah trying to find the balance basically Yes, and it's kind of like when my clients go drinking too, like I said, like there's you don't want to rip your soul slate, but then the next day I say to my clients, if you're going drinking, you want to get, you know, flabbergasted, you're not going to feel very good on Sunday. You're going to feel like, like you know, like a bit shit. So I always say, like, you have to find a balance that you know you're going to feel like shit. So rather than like feeling like shit and having takeaways, try to have the balance. Try like the next day, you know, have, or even like that day on a Saturday, have like at lunchtime, have like your greens and some sort of you know, good protein. And then the, on Sunday, try yourself and, you know, if you can at one o'clock or like have some sort of green, some sort of vegetables, like rather than staying in bed all day and going for takeaways. Cause it makes sure it's a difference, even like for alcohol. Like if you're blocked up and you're not like, you know, you're not your bowels out moving, you're going to feel like shit to Monday or Tuesday. But like all my clients, once I get them in the system of like having on the goals on a Sunday, like even though you're going to go get flabbergasted on the Sunday, on the Saturday night, always tell yourself like I did I'm going outside to have fun I'm going to feel like shit tomorrow anyhow so why not feel shit and have greens and as soon as they have the greens and get some sort of nutrition inside them their bowels get moving they feel 10 times better than if they were in bed all day like blocked up yeah no definitely yeah yeah what be your tips around like that kind of stuff like I suppose what if we were to go back to like breaking up the pill how would someone go about breaking up with the pill just say from your point of view yeah, so the pill depletes nutrients. So B vitamins, zinc, and your gut health are the three most important things we need to look at because when you come off the pill, like zinc is a huge one in relation to acne, that your a lot of people's skin gets a bit oilier, their testosterone surges, and their skin starts breaking out. And the one thing your body needs the most is your zinc. I always say it's like your body watching the house burn down. And there's the zinc is the water. It's not even like I can't help. I've no zinc. You've been on the pill for 10 years. You're after depleting all my zinc stories. So we get you on zinc first. Zinc also is really important for your egg health. So the healthier eggs you have, the better your hormones are going to be, especially your progesterone. So B vitamins are the other one as well. B vitamins are kind of like anxiety, energy, and again, for hormones. So I get clients to take these for at least three months before coming off um, coming off the pill. So it's like, you know, your eggs and your ovaries are full of zinc. Your cells are full of zinc. Your B vitamins are optimal. Your gut health is much better. Um, and start implementing the changes I just said there. So can you reduce your dairy if you were a snotty kid growing up or if you know acne actually is linked a bit there? Can you start getting your green vegetables in? Start getting more plant-based proteins in your diet. Are you very stressed? Work on that side of things. Like the pill kind of masks people's lifestyle or poor lifestyle habits as well because some people come to me and they had say regular periods when they're teenagers, they come off the pill and they've no period. And I'm like, look at your lifestyle though. Like you're working 12 hours, you're not eating properly. And it's like as if because they're on the pill, they didn't realize there was a problem there, whereas now they have to address it. So I say to clients, give yourself three months just because um, you need to get in the routine. And it's not it's not it's not a 12 week transformation program like, you know, girls in, in their 30 come off the pill. They're going to have a period for the next 20 years, like, you know, that way. So you have to be able to keep it up long term. So on my website, I think called the pill pack. I always say to clients, you don't have to buy them for me. They're just the three ones that I have in my clinic that I put together. But like any probiotic, any B vitamin, any zinc would be perfect to take for the three months before coming off the pill. Um, and have a look. I'm going to be doing more seminars like next year on this because it's so, my God, I get messages every single day about it. It's just find the time. So follow my page and definitely would recommend signing up for it. And you get all the information I wrote, like a 30 page pdf book as well to send to clients afterwards and you know it talks to me even about things like hormone testing that like if you've come off the pill and haven't had a cycle within about six months i would say you need to go get blood done like there's always a reason why you've lost your period it's not random and if you've been told by your gp oh your bloods are fine don't be worrying and you have no period either the wrong thing was wasn't or the right thing wasn't checked or your gp is not aware aware of the optimal ranges for hormones so it's really important anyone listening understands that go back 
get a second opinion and go onto my page I have a blood testing highlight and it goes through what you need to ask for and just other little tips so literally walk in with these and like I need to get these checked and that will cover everything that looks at any possible scenario of why your period is missing that's actually kind of gone off that as well like I'm seeing that massive too with so much because I kind of work with a girl here in um, Sydney Sarah King and I send a lot of clients of her who lose a period and I find that a lot of people that come to me have lost their periods because they've been with some coach that has put them on like a thousand calories and like you know so I know what what happens what, maybe from your point of view what happens if you were to if you put someone thousand calories what happens to a female cycle why did they lose it yeah, well, first of all, like it takes 75,000 calories to make a baby. Mm. So, I mean, your body's like, well, we can barely survive ourselves. Why in God's name would I let you get pregnant? Like you have to understand the reason your body ovulates is because of like, yeah, I'm happy. Let's get pregnant. <laughs> now, there's other reasons. Obviously, like I mentioned, sorry, you do make your own hormones, but it's your body's way of saying, yeah, everything is the way it should be. So when you don't have enough calories, your body has no fuel. Like it's like, how can it actually even like that? How can it reproduce? Um, like long-term low calorie diet, you're going to lose a lot of weight. Like every single hormone in your body is made from fat. So if you're low, if you don't have enough fats, you make your hormones, where is that estrogen coming from? How can you possibly make your hormones from there? And then stress in the body. You have to remember, like going back to like evolution times, like, you know, the way we've developed, your body would not let you get pregnant if you're in danger. So imagine your body thinks you're constantly in danger. Why is your stress hormones always being triggered? Because like that, if you're always hungry and always hangry, that's your body screaming at you being like, can you go please eat something? Or if you're doing hit workouts five days a week, you know, with that low calorie diet, you're triggering extra stress. So it's your body's way of protecting itself being like, no, this can't happen right now. Like you wouldn't survive. So if you've lost your period, some girls think it's great. They're like, oh my God, I haven't had my period. But it's literally like I say, your period is like one of the vital signs of health. If you don't have a period, there is something seriously wrong in your body. Your body is literally screaming at you, probably needs to like describe how much it wants to get your attention, standing up, waving his hand, like, you know, trying to be like, please look at what's going on here because I'm not happy with what you're doing kind of thing. Um, so yeah, that's, it's, it's quite important. And the other thing that people don't realize, like I had a girl last week and she's 36 and she's had no period for 10 years and no one ever sat her down being like, this is how important that is. Now she's osteoporosis. So a lot of young girls don't realize that your estrogen also helps calcium absorption. So fair enough, 24-year-old ashing might not care about, you know, 50-year-old ashing's bone health, but you will when you get there. And especially if you're 36 and that's been diagnosed with, you know, osteoporosis. So your hormones, they're there for a reason and don't, um, don't kind of just, you know, put them behind you. Now, I definitely wouldn't put a photo sheet above my, um, my body. And I've seen exactly what you're talking about, Paul, like the amount of girls come to me from other personal trainers and they're just in bits let alone their, their their body but their mindset then with the food you know that way and trying to put on weight and it's just awful that that's that's gone that way all for a photo shoot all for the PT to put up their before and after picture okay. you know I, I, I don't I like that I see that so much like people like you know will do a photo shoot and it's just like it's crazy because obviously for for a female like you know it's it's it sounds like real glamour you know it sounds like really good that my yeah. coach kind of put me through a photo shoot but then to get to that level like where you're sticking your calories so low you lose your cycle it's just like for, so from that i suppose how long does it take someone to recover from that kind of you lose your cycle your period like how long does it take somebody to get back like physically and mentally back to normal oh my god it completely depends on the person like honestly it's some of my clients taking 11 months some people have taken six weeks some people have taken eight six months it's just like I had a girl and she was just like I want my cycle back tell me exactly what to do and she ate 2,500 calories consistently for six weeks she took the tonics I gave her she, took, she did every single day she's like I don't care about putting on weight I want my period and she did it whereas some clients I see you know we work with them once we check in with them and they're like oh I've, I've put on you know one pound over the last four months like you know and then I go back and I'm like they need to go and talk to them then build a relationship with food maybe a therapist like that's much deeper rooted issue so it's not like I think a mental health and kind of this hypothalamic venery, which is what it's called, kind of goes hand in hand together. So there's no really one size. It depends on the person's own mindset before they go in. There's a period called no, there's a book that I should say called No Period Now What, um, which is very good for anyone in this position. Like it's, it's I bought it thinking it was kind of for more like practitioners, but it's, it's actually aimed more at people who have lost their period, trying to just regain it and understand why it's important to eat the calories. Like I get all my clients who with, with HA to read that um so yeah it just depends on the person unfortunately like it's kind of you know it depends how much they're willing to jump all in 
and gave it the rest shot. Exactly. And I suppose then, supposed to before you go then, when you talk about herbs, like, so what's, what's a good herbs for like general female health, for general health in, in general, what would you recommend for good herbs and how do you take them? Yeah, so our clinic's a bit different. Like we have 300 herbs in our clinic and they're off different Jeez. things. 300 herbs, yeah. So we make up <laughs> personalized tonics. So like in one bottle, we could actually have 50 different herbs all for different things. So like, you know, we'd have herbs for ovulation support for estrogen support for stress for anxiety for dry skin for constipation for headaches for vertigo whatever like literally i can make pollen in a bottle do you know that kind of way <laughs> so there's specific ones we give for hormones it just depends on, on what people have though like if you're coming to me with acne we use things like sol palmetto which is like lowering testosterone levels liver support is key here for acne so we have a herb called like berberis which is for liver or um i'm trying to think of now in i know them all in latin <laughs> so i'm thinking them all now in english What's articum? I'm trying to think. It's gone. Anyway, this is one of one then for liver or milk thistles, another one we give um, for liver support. And then we have yeah. other herbs then for progesterone. So, like, you know, I mentioned chaseberry before. Um, herbs like black cohosh, you might have heard that before. Or um, again, I'm trying to think here in, in English. Um, ladies' mantles, another one, which is a gorgeous progesterogenic herb. So they're very personalized. Like, you don't, it's not just buy the spotlight herbs if you PMT. Like, they're always, because everyone's reasons are different. So, we would give stress herbs like ashwagandha or skullcap is a lovely one as well. So yeah, like I would always recommend if someone's listening, you need to go and see a herbalist. Like Australia is amazing for this as well, but get advice on it. Don't just walk in and like, because herbs, we always say like they, they go really well together. Like we rarely just give one herb on its own, you know, that way. So that that's why we do blends of different things. Chaseberry is fine to give on its own, but that's that's how basically herb medicine works in short uh, version. <laughs> and would you would you give herbs to someone who like unracked thyroid and PCOS? Like, would you? What would be your approach to that? Do you give herbs yeah. to them, or do you go normal? What approach do you work for PCOS and hyper? Yeah, you definitely. Thyroid? Yeah, herbs. Yeah, herbs can be amazing. Like for underactive thyroid, we have herbs called Yang tonics. So they're like the same kind of things like underactive thyroid and yang deficiencies very similar like I trained in Chinese medicine and Ayurveda medicine as well so I love I'm so science my brain is like I'm like show me how it works science because I need to know the, the mechanism but then I understand Chinese medicine and Ayurveda medicine which is completely different it just throws science on its head and I integrate everything together so we've herbs called yang tonics which are specifically they're like ones for underactive thyroid and then for PCOS the herbs we would give that one there I already mentioned salt palmetto is lowers testosterone and um, mint also lowers testosterone and um, we would give herbs for blood sugar balancing so you can get this one called gymnema there is cinnamon like there's different kind of blends we would give so when you're looking for some PCOS you're making sure your liver is supported testosterone is being lowered and blood sugars are, are balanced and we would give that you could put the yang tonics for thyroid in with that as well you know and then we also look at diet and we look at other supplements like your inositol powder is very very good for um PCOS and that's usually really cheap it's really effective it lowers your insulin levels your zinc is quite important there to lower testosterone so it just depends on the person but that that's why I was saying to start like with me trying to be a herbalist imagine I can give a bottle of herbs that covers every single symptom you yeah. have and it's you it's so personalized it's you in a bottle and I know from being brought up with herbs like like I felt awful about two weeks ago I rang my mom and I was like can you fit me in for a consultation tomorrow like I'm just so wrecked I think I was just in a bit of a coma down after our wedding and everything I just was absolutely dead I couldn't function without actually having adrenaline like mm. imagine I would say I was sitting here waiting to do podcast I'd jump up like a 10 to 10 and run around and be like I have to get ready of a podcast in 10 minutes like <laughs> been scrolling for a half an hour did you get me I just was like my adrenaline was gone so mom sat me down and we did a consultation and we do things like the pulse and the the tongue diagnostics that's part of Chinese medicine and my mom took my pulse and took my tongue and made me up a tonic that's different to any herbs I usually take and I feel like a different person like I came into my mom yesterday and I was like herbs are amazing I'm like like it's so amazing I'm able I'll be able to give this to clients as well like you know help them feel the way we feel it's just they're there I find herb medicine's a part of the world or part of health that we kind of have missed because the western world don't use them but like if we mm. lived in china they're the first protocol a lot of the time for health you know so hopefully the western world will be more open to it as well sorry just went in around there about herbs but they're <laughs> amazing you find a herbalist over there so you can get yourself yeah. a tonic and see yeah. i was just going to yeah. say so if i so if i for, if i personally wanted to get you know feel like more energy more adrenaline would i if i went to a herbalist would they be able to sort of like so if i went to a herbalist myself and say you know, feeling a little bit like my energy's bad, my sleep isn't great, I'm in the mornings and we're sluggish. Would they give me some sort of a tonic to 
Pills yeah. from your up, is that? Yeah, like we have amazing herbs called adaptogens. So you've probably heard of ginseng, for example, that's one of them. Mm. Um, adaptogens work by giving you energy when you need to have energy and help you relax when you need to relax. So that's what I've on at the moment. I have a lot of adaptogens in my herbs um, to support your adrenals. You know, So if you're waking up at three o'clock in the morning, you're, that's your body thinking that you're stressed. What's going on? Why is the house on fire? Why are we awake at this time? Mm-hmm. So it's just about rebalancing the body. So they're, they're really good as well for supporting you as you're addressing other issues. So I say to clients, like, so if you're trying to climb up the mountain, you can't get there on your own. You're wrecked. You're really trying to get there. And I'm like, I'm going to help you get to the top of the mountain. And then when you're there, you can stay there yourself. You can eat the foods. Like some people are like, I know she's healthy. I just have no energy in the evenings to do my shop and to make dinner. I'm just wrecked. I'm falling asleep at seven o'clock. Imagine I can give them more energy from using herbal medicine. Imagine they're having a better night's sleep. They wake up next day and go, God, I really got night's sleep. I'm going to go. I'm going to go for a walk this morning. I'll stop in the supermarket now on my way home. So you're just helping them be better versions of themselves and once you get yourself well like that you're at the top of the mountain you may not need herbs long term but you can stay you know maintaining it yourself and using your supplements using your foods using the other tips that we give to clients with a lot of our clients like a lot of people come to us and they take herbs like a teaspoon once a day we give that's what I've been taking every day for probably god 10 years if not longer and I would say like it's a personalized multivitamin it's you in a, in a tonic you know and you can constantly change it so in the winter, I'm always like, ma'am, I'm freezing cold. And you put in all the warming herbs. We're in the summer, some of our clients are like, can you put that hay fever tonic back in there? Like, you know, so we can always chop and change them depending on the season and how you're feeling. Yeah, I think that's so good. Like, as you said, like, it's kind of, it's nearly frowned upon, like, especially by now, like, people think it's very probably hippie ish, not so good for you. And, and the very same people end up be in the pub every weekend, having 15 pints, having takeaways, kebabs. So I think it's, it's very, it's, it is very backwards, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But if I was in before we go then, like just with PCOS, like obviously I've got a few clients with PCOS. What would be your recommendations for that? Because I know like with PCOS, you know, the, if you go to Google, it says that, you know, the average female needs to be on 1200 calories. And I feel like that a lot of coaches, if they get some with PCOS, that they'll go to Google and they put them on like a thousand calories straight away. And for me personally, I've dealt with a lot of PCOS females and I've never had anyone on that low calories. It's just crazy. No. So what are your views on that? Yeah, PCOS is tricky. Like, first of all, you have to get the root of the problem. What's causing their PCOS? Um, I've highlighted this if anyone is more interested to learn a little bit more. Now, most of the time it is insulin resistance. So insulin, I would say insulin is like ringing the doorbell when you eat a carb. And when you ring the doorbell, that triggers testosterone. That's the kind of idea. So we try and reduce insulin resistance by maybe, I always say not a no carb diet, just reducing carbs. Some people are eating carbs five days, you know, to five times a day. So even having eggs for breakfast or smoothies or having salads instead of like sandwiches for lunchtime and talking there about the low calorie diets another thing that causes um causes pcos and excess testosterone is inflammation right and stress can massively cause inflammation in the body so if you're again talking about stress and you're losing your cycle and all that being a low calorie diet that in itself it's not it doesn't always work doing hit workouts and eat a thousand calories a day some people with pcos don't lose weight that way because their body is on fire it's just being like stop putting so much stress on me I can't cope with this so sometimes you have to come in kind of more like a gentle approach and address again where the testosterone is coming from look at the insulin give them again herbal medicine I find amazing I always give herbs for PCOS because it's herbs for stress herbs for testosterone herbs for liver um the noxital powder is talking about your leafy green veg remember saying earlier on the greens collect your hormones like absolutely key with with PCOS you have to get your greens in there um so yeah, it's tricky, but like the and, and and cow's milk and PCOS are quite linked together because cow's milk can also increase insulin. So like the diet that I see sometimes like, you know, girls come to me from the personal trainer and they're on this low calorie diet, but they're having three whey protein shakes a day and yogurt and there's loads of cow's milk there and their skin is in bits and, you know, the, the PCs can't figure out why they're not losing weight, that kind of thing. So um, yeah, that's the approach that I would look at, kind of do more gentle than a real hardcore really low calorie diet amazing i suppose before i go then what'll be your what'll be your top three tips for anyone to kind of improve their hormones and, and all that stuff in their nutrition would you say the one number one thing you need to do is actually amount of stress and i know that for myself as well like i there's many times for example when the first lockdown came in, in ireland um i got my period in day 24 of my cycle which is a low like you can get away with 25 day cycles, but day 24 is low progesterone. It's like you're, and my diet didn't change. And I was like, oh my God, I was up the walls. Our clinic was closing. COVID came in. Our wedding was canceled. Like it's just, I was so stressed. 
and I was like oh my god it was such a good aha moment for me because I was like forgot how much of an impact stress actually has on your cycle my diet hadn't changed so even if you're the best diet in the world if you're up the walls like it's not gonna not gonna work now in saying that all I say to clients is I'm sure people listen to me like I can't quit my job I can't give back my kids like you know it's just the way my life is so this is where supplements come in like we shouldn't need supplements we weren't designed to take supplements right but we also weren't designed to live the life that we live so I'm like, take your magnesium every night going to bed, have your B vitamins in the morning, consider taking herbal tonics. Like I would take my adrenal support and the ones for progesterone and things like that. So first thing, definitely look at your stress. And if you can't reduce it, manage it, give your body more things to kind of help control it. Um, second thing, so boring again, like my answer is so unsexy because that's what nutrition is. It's, it's just go back to the basics, eat your green vegetables, do what your mom told you back in the day, like finish your broccoli. Because the more greens you eat, the more your bus comes, the easier it is your body to break down your hormones. And that goes for everything. That goes for you walking to work and the car goes by your petrol fumes. Like that's toxins in the system. Leafy green vegetables help with that. So definitely eat your greens. And my other one, take your vitamin D in winter. Oh my God, that is like life-changing as well for clients. Like everyone, again, I'm like, why is this not on bus stops? Like why is everyone in Ireland not given like a letter in the post in October being like, lads, take your vitamin d so we're not all depressed for the next five months like so do you know what i mean it's just mad so like vitamin d is just key the difference like i know from myself taking vitamin d and clients over the years they're like i feel like a different person when my vitamin d levels are optimal so by far yeah your vitamin d green vegetables and um your stress so kind of boring answers but that's just, that's what it is isn't it like i'd love to be like well there's this new supplement that helps with your sex drive <laughs> but like it's just not the way it is <laughs> And that was really good. That was really good. I suppose, where can people find you if you want to find you, Ash? So I'm on AOK Nutrition on my website or on Instagram. That was amazing. No, thanks for coming on. That was really good. Like, so much good knowledge bombs there to help people. Good. Thank you for having me. It's great to have a chat. Nah, and we'll chat to you very soon. Oh, wait, no.